How's it going, guys? Welcome to the Fretboard Confessional. My name is Cooper Greenberg. I'm Patrick Marr. I'm here as a guest today. I feel honored to be in the presence of <laughs> the man himself, Cooper Greenberg. Yeah, Pat's back. Uh, we got parents out of town for uh, for this week. Chris McKee is out, so you're stuck with us. I think talking... the one YouTube video we did together, um, I, I cursed, and I feel like that's like not kosher sometimes. but Kosher, it... speaking of... Oh, it is. It's Passover. Yeah, we got Passover. Passover, um, Easter this weekend. Big holidays. Big holiday weekend. Good time to be. You know, you're driving to your family's house. Uh, what's going to be on the What's going to be on the stereo for you? Um, for me, it's going to be the fretboard confessional. You know, I got to listen to you this. Got to listen. But are there it, music? Let's talk music real quick. Like you know, you're driving yeah. this weekend to see the family. What's you have to hear it. What's What's on the rotation of Cooper Greenberg, Spotify, Apple Music. You know, besides your album, of course. I don't listen to that. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Doug Som. Really? You like a little Doug Som, San Antonio legend? Native, right? Yeah, Sir Douglas Quintet. I've been listening to a lot of that. I've been listening to Stardust, the uh, Willie Nelson record, kind of nice standards and stuff. So after you proposed to your fiance, yes. I heard Stardust was yes. the rotate it was immediately. So that's always going to have a sweet spot in your heart. It's got the sweet spot. I uh I did get engaged last August. Um big news. 2 days before we closed on our first house. It was a big time, but uh so yeah, we were in kind of Topanga Canyon area. There was a great album collection at the Airbnb that we were staying at. And uh, Stardust was on there. So. Willie Nelson, you can't go wrong you with can't go wrong. with just putting it on, and and it's smooth. His voice is so smooth. His yeah. son too, uh, Lucas. Lucas yeah. Nelson. I, I, I've, anyone who tells me they like Willie Nelson, I'm always like, Have you heard his son? Yeah. Have you heard Just Outside of Austin? I love that song. By his son, because it's incredible. It also reminds me of home, growing yeah, up in Dripping Springs. Um, I think actually like Willie Nelson's great nephew went to school with me. And so he was like, oh yeah, we would always like hang out with Willie at the ranch. Yeah. There's lots of marijuana. Oh. Um, you know, like as kids, he was just like, you know, trying to he brag said, about hey, Willie let's Nelson. let's get silly Nelson. He's like, just outside of Austin, let's get silly Nelson. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we have that in common. You actually proposed when you closed on your house. I always try to copy you. Did you play some music afterwards? I did, and actually, it was a song that's very near and dear to my heart. I'll have to say I love you in a song by Jim Croce. Um, It was done, you know, relatively horrible for a guitar (laughs) player and a singer like myself, but I did get a professional to do it at my wedding, um, you know, a year and a half later. His name was Cooper Greenberg, and uh, he did play it as our first dance song as well. So it it was, it was, it's meaningful to me. Um, yeah, we have a lot of uh, lot of stuff connecting us. That's why, you know, typically you'll hear me talking with Chris on this podcast. We have boundaries, me and Chris. We argue, we fight. I never played at his wedding. Uh, but, you know, Pat and I, this is some synergy over here. Synergy. You can always achieve more with synergy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like elixir strings. You can always achieve more with elixir. Yeah. Shameless plug. Martin retros are better than elixir. Wow. I'm just going to go that's on. A hot take. I'm going to go on record here, um, and I think that brings us to our first game. <laughs> oh my god! Um, I think we're going to do overrated, underrated. Let's take it from our favorite news publication, 
pitchfork. Pitchfork. More like ditch fork and get your spoon. <laughs> but so we're going to play overrated, underrated. Um, Cooper is in the hot seat. I have okay. not prepared him for this at all. And honestly, I'm very excited. Um, we are going to be talking guitars because I think that's something that you know a lot about. Um, and so, you know, I just right off the bat, overrated, underrated. All right, so I'm gonna give I'm gonna give a guitar model um, or a brand yeah. or an accessory. Okay. And you have to tell me right off the bat, overrated, underrated, and why. Okay. Capos. Capos, um, they're underrated. That's I am actually surprised. I thought you were gonna go with with uh, overrated. Yeah, you know, let's just say I think they're a little bit of both. So they're probably rated, but. I like to tune my guitar a whole step down. And then when I play with you or I play with my band or we're all playing together, um, I have to go capo two a lot of the times because we're playing stuff in standard tuning and it's just easier than if I'm in E. I don't want to do you know, this F sharp major bar chord shape the whole time. I want to have some open string play when I'm playing with the band. So for my purposes, they're a useful tool. Um, but when people only learn the chord shapes of G, C, D, A minor, and E minor, and you're, they just want to change keys. You're it's talking like, my language you know, here. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like learn some shapes, you know? Man, you know, that, that was just, that's me. Like in no. college, it was like, let's move fifth fret. Have you heard, a, fifth, have you heard yes. a, C, a C chord yeah. on the fifth fret before? Well, like, that's the thing is you can also, if you're recording, you want to double up a guitar, throw a capo up there. Different voice. Different voice, yeah. No, I, I agree. I think stereo voicing a yeah. guitar for recording, um, you get a whole bunch of, it just sounds, it sounds unique and you yeah. do a little transposition in your head. Um, as, you know, as someone who's played a lot more piano recently, it's very hard to see you play guitar and like your standard tuning D to D yeah. and like be in my head be like, okay, it's, he's playing a D chord, but it's actually a step down. So it's a C chord and like, it just completely throws me off. Yeah. Um, it's, it throws me off too. Okay. So that's capos overrated, underrated. What, what are those strings called? Um, the, uh, silk and steel strings. Overrated. Overrated. Okay. So explain what silk and steel, silk and steel strings are so i think you should explain because i don't have a very firm grasp but i think well that's what the, they're made for people who don't have firm grasp that's true. i think so it's actually yeah. it's like the in between a steel and a nylon string it's got like a coating around the string for a steel guitar and it's a little bit lighter tension on the fingers um so i would say yeah it's it's aimed for you know beginners or someone who has sensitive fingers yeah. um and can be a tool, but you don't want to really get hooked on, right? Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, the thing is, it's something that a lot of people ask for, but I think they have a misunderstanding based on the name, like what it is. They think it's like fully silk-wrapped, like, strings. They're not like that. But, like anything, you want to build up calluses. You want to, like, get used to. So then you throw some Martin Retros on there. It rips your hands up for, like, a month, but then you're good to go. Okay, overrated, underrated, built-in EQ on a guitar, acoustic guitar. So overrated. Okay. Get that out of here. Okay, well, you want to expand on that? So Maurice Munter told me a long time ago that anything that you put in or on the body of the guitar is taking away the sound, right? And I think it's important if you have a preamp in there, you know, get yourself a volume and a tone control. 
Taylor probably makes it the absolute like most that I would want being like a two band EQ, you know, you get your treble and your bass and then your volume. But I don't want one of those big old things that's set right in there with like the a lows, five the band mids, EQ the, yeah. and like a tuner in there. I'm done. It's interesting because on a keyboard, that's a really useful feature, I think. Yeah. Um, and on some of like the higher-end keyboards, I'm thinking like a Kawhi ES920, there's a three-band EQ or four-band EQ, and on the Roland FP90X, those are like feature sets that we've seen recently that have, you know, it's really simple. It's three or four knobs, and you can just immediately voice it, which is kind of cool. Yeah. But on a guitar, I do I do think it's, it's weird because there's so much more at play in a guitar, and once you like go through... Uh, uh, you know, an amplifier or through a yeah. sound system. There's a whole bunch more at work behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, okay, overrated, underrated pick guards. Pick guards. Guards your picks. I mean, I think aesthetically, they can look nice. You know, I we did some Martin Customs that haven't come in yet. More to come on there, but I chose the smaller teardrop style pit guard of the om28 versus the larger of the triple o28 because i like it to be there but not you know way too big i think the look of a pit guard can really affect the overall feel of the guitar for instance sgs the large pit guard versus the small pit guard people have preferences there functionally i don't think it's really that big of a deal and i think they're overrated because no matter what like get some scratches on the top of your guitar break it in you're fine speaking of willie nelson this cat didn't need a pick guard what's the name of his trigger trigger and yeah. it's and it's like got more holes than <laughs> than like yeah. the defense of oj simpson right oh oof um so uh <laughs> last one guitar inlay overrated underrated so so overrated really so overrated but it can be so unique on certain models like what well like I, you talking I, about the cindy inlay of the chris mckee signature well, i'm just i'm just thinking to to the average person a more beautiful like someone who's not a guitar player you know yeah. more the the shinier or something is the more eyes are attracted to it yeah but what does that say about the player what does it say about the music i think it's saying something without yeah saying something you know we talked about it on the last podcast if you look at the fretboard itself or if you look at the dots on the top like on the binding of the neck and i would say that most guitar players are looking at the dots on the top they're not using those dots on the fretboard to find their place um but again going back to the martin customs we'll see them i wanted to go zero inlay I was told that was a mistake, so I did the most understated inlay possible. What about like block inlays? There's 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 classy ways yeah, to, there's to, cool ways, to ornate a guitar. The thing is, like once you go like vine or tree of life, Cindy inlay, there's not much to show you where you're at. It's just something for the audience to look at. And I'm not saying this is a bad thing, but it detracts from looking at the moneymaker, the face. You right? got to look at the face, and uh, I think anything for me that's just for flash i think it's overrated on a guitar okay so i gave you a whole bunch of overrated things i'm gonna i'm gonna softball one up for an underrated 12 strings 12 strings underrated do you remember that martin 12 string that we got in from the 70s that we both wanted yes 
a good 12 string will take you so far. I think I think it it, it to the point about capos and mm-hmm. fretting up the frets, fretting up the frets, going up the neck and fretting yeah. up there. Uh, you, there's different voicings that you can do, especially layered with um, either like a lead line. So like doing an electric mm-hmm. guitar and then come in and do the same lead part with a 12 string. You get yeah. some crazy cool sounds. You also see 12 strings like Dan Electro's. I, I think Nels yeah. Klein has one. Oh, yeah. Um, and you just get texture that it's otherwise... all about the texture and it captures the sound that we both love mm-hmm. late 60s early 70s um pat in the process of you asking me i wrote down a couple of my own okay for you okay um i'm stepping into your world here a little bit steinway pianos oof we're talking vintage or new you're talking about steinway in general so i'm talking about the brand Ooh, I'm gonna have to go rated on this one because <laughs> I think what Steinway's done for piano, like t- the synonymous branding of when someone hears Steinway and Sons or sees that logo, uh, it has awareness of piano and like the appreciation of the arts. Um, what I don't like is how unobt- it's like unobtainium is what it's made out of, right? It's like you're paying six figures for an instrument uh, and school districts are spending their whole budgets to get one on stage and they let one kid play it every year. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, there's good, you take the good with the bad with it. Um, I think it, it, it's been placed on like a pedestal. It's like, oh, this is the best thing in the world. When in reality, um, there's a lot of great pianos out there. And, you know, I've heard some people Ted, one of them here at our store, say the best piano I've ever played was a Steinway. The worst piano I've ever played was a Steinway. You know, and there's yeah. such a range of what a piano can be. Um, it's one of those things where it's it's hard it's hard for me to separate modern day Steinway from the overall branding of you know used what Steinway meant for players for years and years. So yeah. I'm just going to give it a good old rated. So on that subject, can you name a piano manufacturer that you think is overrated and one that you think is underrated? Oh, that's a that's a, a loaded a loaded one. Um, so I think I think digital pianos in general are overrated, um, and I don't. I, I, it's, yeah. There's a lot of versatility within a digital piano. Um, what sometimes makes me sad about digital pianos is you think about a phone or a computer. And you think about one that's 10 years old or 15 years old, it's their, they, their value reduces so much that you're like, well, I need the new model because this one doesn't even work. And we're at a point where the digital pianos coming out are so like an acoustic instrument, it's hard to say that that's going to happen. But, you know, mm-hmm. the history has a way of proving technology makes things, you know, uh, it makes things, I don't know, they just become obsolete at some point. Um, and... Uh, and it's sad. So, I, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes these high price tags and, you know, how good a, a less expensive digital piano is versus like the top of the line and what they try to do. Um, I feel like it's it's easy to um, to make a wrong decision in the digital world. Um, wow. I, I, that, you know, that's, that's just, deep. you know, it's 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 and it's also we, we have a whole video on this. So I'm shameless plug for the, the Alamo Music piano YouTube video um, that me and Ted did. So we have a piano channel opposite of the guitar channel. We have culture and uh, no, uh, so this we, isn't the fallboard. So, so right. this is so we did a video on, you know, the downside of digital pianos. Yeah. And, you know, we kind of talked about 
it's a sound replicator and you know mm -hmm. it's a high level simulator it's like buying um a flight simulator or a driving simulator and the controls have gotten really good the graphics have gotten really good um everything feels like the real thing but it's never going to feel like the real thing um and over the years, you can see how those the technology has advanced so that you can actually feel like you're racing the track. Um, the, you know, the Circuit of America's in Austin, for example, you're racing the track in a Formula One car, but it's not going to ever really feel like it. Same with with uh, with these digital pianos. It's it's a very high level modeling or sampling system that has taken an acoustic instrument and tried to replicate it, the vibrations. It tries to replicate the feel of the keys. It tries to replicate everything. Yeah. Um, but something's lost in translation, and I think that's why I'm going to give all, like the whole umbrella of digital pianos overrated. Um, that was long-winded. Underrated, I'm going to say uh, hybrid pianos. Oh my gosh. So I asked for manufacturers. So if you think about an acoustic instrument like a grand piano, yeah, there's limitations. You know that you can't re you can't record it easily. You got to mic it up. You can't uh, turn it into a MIDI player. You can't do all these things. Manufacturers, Kawhi, Yamaha have addressed this with hybrid instruments where you get the full acoustic experience and then all those negative things I said about digital, you get those as supplemental features in an acoustic instrument. So I think the overall hybrid line, you know, I'm not a huge fan of it in guitar world, hybrids, but yeah. I feel like in the piano world, hybrids are really the future and um, the more accessible you can make an acoustic instrument, um, the more versatility and uh yeah it's 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 pretty cool i think it was morty smith that said uh we are addicted to our own limitations dang and with that your next over under speed masters is that a watch is that the moon watch so yes <laughs> so there was a, a big a big announcement a couple weeks ago we're the partnership of Swatch and Omega. So Swatch <laughs> is the parent company for Omega. Um, and they release these things that are, they look a little bit like a Moonwatch, the Speedmaster from Omega. Um, but they are at, you know, a price point of a Swatch. Um, and there was like, there was some chaos in trying to get these, these uh, watches. They were only available at the boutiques. They were only available in limited quantities. Um, and you know, in a world of, of uh, instruments that are desirable here at, you know, at the store, yeah. um, it, it reminds me of like when Fender announced the George Harrison oh Telecasters. Don't remind um, me. Or, you know, or when we, you know, it's, there's something to be said about limited editions that are, are uh, you know, hard to get or, you know, and the Speedmaster, you know, that all, all to say, the Speedmaster is a very cool watch because it's got a unique, rich history. It's kind of like, oh, the Stratocaster or the Telecaster yeah. or the Les Paul. Um, and it was the, the watch that the astronauts wore for the Apollo missions and ended up taking to the moon. Uh, and, you know, it's it's like one of those things where it's it's maybe excessive to a point. Like, like yeah. it's not a necessary item. We have phones that tell time. But um, the precision and the, uh, you know, the detail, the craftsmanship reminds me a lot of pianos and, you know, <laughs> why I really like these two things, watches and pianos. Yeah. You think about Mr. Yamaha, who started Yamaha Corporation. He was a watchmaker before he was the piano manufacturer. Before he ever made a musical instrument, he worked on watches. Um, and you think of the, you know, these highly, they needed to be highly accurate these pianos need to be highly accurate. Watches need to be highly accurate. They serve a, a, an actual function. Um, and so there's just, there's cool, rich history that ties these things together. And I would say the Speedmaster is 
overrated. Oh. But I love it. I can't help myself. Yeah. Um, I'd like to ask Ted if the Kernberger temperament is uh, (laughs) over or under. But for you, Rosalia. That new album by Rosalia is pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I've been running to it like when I can make time for it. But uh, it's pretty good. I'd like to give some homework to the listeners because I'm sure many of you, like myself, do not listen to Rosalia. But if you want to hear what Patrick's talking about, make your own decision. I'm going to go out before even listening to it saying it's overrated. But, uh, you know, we can leave that up for debate. Uh, Next one, going to the NAMM show. Rated. It's such such a... uh... It's a beautiful circus. It's like going to the circus or the zoo. It's oh like God. there's there's pros and cons, right? Like yeah. you get to see the caged animals, and not <laughs> That's the, a freak show. <laughs> you get to see you get to see um, all the excitement and like you know you otherwise wouldn't be able to see. Um, but at the same time, you're with the masses and you're uh, you're entertained. But at the same time, you're saddened. You want to go home, yeah, because <laughs> you miss your wife and your kids. Yeah. Um, so the last one is, uh, having a child underrated Patrick just had his first child. I did. And, uh, congrats, but thank you. Thank you. All I've heard is that you need to have a baby. Well, it's the best. It is. So, you know, as a millennial, I was terrified to have kids. I, you know, I thought, man, the world's ending. Why, why am I, why am I, what am I going to have a kid? It's scary out here in the world. Like the news is always like, you know, something's happening here. Some, you know, yeah. we just went through a pandemic and it like millions of people died. It's yeah. like, it's a horrifying place to be, but like seeing Oliver, my child and my wife, like having that little family, that unit is like, wouldn't trade anything in the world for it. And, uh, there's like a this like weird love that like I didn't realize was a thing until I became a parent and like makes me appreciate my parents that much more. It's like, how did you guys not just like panic all the time? Like you had this little small thing that yeah. you're trying to keep alive and trying to like give everything you can to in the world. You know, like you want to give them opportunity. You want to make sure that they're safe. You want to make sure they're happy, but you don't want to make sure they're spoiled. And how do you do all this and maintain like your sanity and not sleep? And all that, all that together, it's like I see him, and I'm like, this guy's everything. So it's it's that's beautiful. It's underrated, um, and uh, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It wasn't it wasn't planned, but it was. Uh, it is it is definitely a, a blessing. You know, I, I'm glad. I I love it. I, I used to think I love my dogs. You know, like it's that's so funny that I've heard fractional, <laughs> very similar from Nick down in our guitar sales department. He said. And I thought I loved Toby, his dog. And then when Aiden was born, he was like, he forgot who Toby was. So Cooper just got a dog. So you're, you're at step one. Dog. Yeah, I'm step one. I can't wait to be the guy that stays at step one for the rest Oof. of his life. I'm just kidding. I was that too. You were that. I was that. I was that. But then he started traveling. He started seeing the world, going up to Speaking Detroit. world. world Overrated under... Okay. So just the, the, games in general, yeah, so, like Wordle. So Wordle under. has taken the world by storm. The word. Word roll. Yeah. And so, you know, <laughs> it, and it's almost, I feel like the hype's died down a little bit, but. Yeah, I still play it every day. Same. But, but through that, all these other games have come out 
in different you know genres of life and so like yeah. there's hurdle that you shared with me the other day you hear like yeah. the first second of a song and you have to <laughs> guess what the song is yeah um and like i have to play with my wife because like just a whole bunch of popular music I, I is lost on me but she's always like oh that's that one song it's rosalia it's rosalia and uh and then you know what's what's another one there's yeah worldle what about samantle samantle is by far my favorite I'm going to go off and ask Zach, have you played Samantle? Uh, he's shaking his head. So Pat shared this one with me. You're trying to guess a word. It's unlike Wordle where you only have six tries. You have unlimited tries, but it gives you a rating of the things that you guess based on how semantically similar it is to the secret word. But there's no hints or anything besides that. You you give yourself your own hints by guessing. So, like, you know, you can start with... you got to cast a wide net. Yeah, you just have to, like do a verb and then a noun and then like and it'll show you how warm you're getting to it based like out of a thousand so um pat did you play last night you mean yesterday's word or no today's word yeah the one that came out at seven o'clock i I haven't so yeah every day central time 7 p.m it changes over so i'm guessing it it wasn't made here in central time because that's not definitely given a plug for samantha i'm not going to spoil last night's but it took me so long uh, well, I've guessed up to like 200 tries before and then you yeah. can give up and like see and then like kick yourself because like, oh, that was the word. Yeah. Um, you got to try your plurals, your yeah. past tense, future tense, many phrases. It's a good time. There's also Pirtle named after Jakob Pirtle from, uh, you know, starting center of the San Antonio Spurs. GSG. It shows you the silhouette of an NBA player. It's really hard because there's a lot of players out there that I didn't know that I don't know. So if you were going to create a guitar, a guitar, a guitar centralized wordle. Yeah. What would you, what would you create? I'd say, uh, man, that's tough. I think it'd be fun with like pedals, but it's like pedal. I don't know. Um, and it gives you a little sound clip and you have to like break it down. You guess what the pedal is and it'll tell you like if it's the right type of effect, like time-based, distortion, overdrive, compression, modulation. And then it gets down to like what kind of circuit it's in. Like it'll <laughs> tell you like, oh yeah, these are like the germanium, you know, fuzz transistors, boom. And then you get to it and you're like, oh yeah, that's a tone bender mark too. I would never win, but it might be fun to try. I would want it to be like a riff or not a riff, sorry, like some chords are played and then you Chordal, have, dude. and then you have to like guess <laughs> yeah, what the chords are. That's a good call. So like you guess like the key first. You have to you have to get the you have to clear key first. So you guess the key gives you like a certain multiplier. Then you guess like a one, four, five or yeah. like you know, and it's training your ear to hear Aural skills. On. Yeah. Another one would be like pitchel. Pitch, old dude. And so it's like a piano, it's right? Like, but then it's like, uh, what's what's the pitch? You gotta like go. You have 80, 88 choices, and like tells you how warm or cold you are, oh or like gosh. which direction to go. Um, and it's like, you get you start at eighty eight points, and then just like minus ten, <laughs> wrong. Minus five, wrong. It's like three hundred one, the darts game, where you have to like hit it like with perfect, you know. Yeah. I don't really see how it's like darts, but I'm going to make it like Oh, darts. maybe it's like five tones and like how close you are for each five guesses is you get a score. So like if you're off by 10, you get a minus 10. If you're <laughs> off by 27, you get like a minus 27. And so like the goal is to maintain a high score. 
Yeah, like, I think you start you good. start with 440 points for like 440. Oh my gosh. Um, and like the closer you can stay to 440, the better. Have you heard uh, people talking about tuning to 432 instead of 440? Have I heard about it? We did a video on it. You did? Yes. We, we So how to make your digital piano sound more acoustic. Was it tune it to 432? It was, part one was tune it to 432. Part two was use the alternate temperament so you don't equal temperament can't exist it's like a, a fallacy because you can't tune a piano perfectly you're always there's always going to be something giving or taking um flat or sharp and yeah. so you know there's different there's different versions and so the the one that Kernberger Kernberger and and there's like one that starts with a W uh Wernberger something it's something <laughs> crazy but um but you know if you tune to that it's going to sound off at first, but then the more you play it, t- this is according to Ted, the more you play it, the more it f- sounds like an acoustic instrument because you hear the imperfections throughout the harmonics and you hear the imperfections throughout the chords. Yeah. Um, and it's an interesting take because it's not, you know, you're never going to sit at an acoustic piano. It's going to be perfectly in tune. There's yeah. compromises throughout the yeah. instrument. Um, and so, yeah, check that video. Another shameless plug. Shameless for- plug. Um, so I want to talk because we're, this has gone longer than you thought it was going to go, and I still have a thousand things to talk about. Yeah, um, no, I, this was the intro, right? Yeah, this is the intro, because I, I want to have you on who's to say when Chris is going to be back. We're, we're drowning over here without him. I think we're having a great time yeah. with this podcast. No, I'm having a great time, but the thing is, I, I had a whole set of questions. I think I'm going to push that to our next episode, because it'll start us on a whole other path. But what I do want to talk about... Uh, we'll have more games next time, we'll too. We'll make games. Uh, I want to talk about... A l- so we've made music together. We have. And some of those times, and vice versa, I'll come to you with the chord progression or something that I've already laid down. I'm like, just write something for this. I want to hear a little bit about your process on how you write those parts. Um, and, you know, you played Wurlitzer on one. You played a beautiful Shiguru Kawai on another one. You got piano, you got whirly, uh, you've got synths at home, you've got all different kinds of instruments. One, how do you determine which of those to use for a specific song? Two, how do you determine what the part's going to be? Those are great questions. Um, you know, I started playing music like many people, trying to impress girls. Um, oh, yeah. And so, like, I was like, I don't want to take piano lessons anymore, Mom. I'll learn guitar yep. and I'll join like the church band. Yep. And so, you know, church band became three middle schoolers that were like, let's make another band that's not church. And like our role models were like Blink-182 and like, you know, trash music. It was, it was good. A little and DC so, talk, dude. Oof. And, uh, and we would, we would like, I played bass at that point cause like I wasn't good enough to be on the guitar yet. And probably still am not you're good. great at it and so and so it was fun because it was like i would make up the melodies in my head and you know i always my mom always put this on me and it's one of those things where like if you're told it at a young age you start to believe it but she always you know instilled creativity in me because she was like i would try to put you in you know in timeout you have to go sit in the corner and i would just find a way to play with myself i'd be like okay i'm gonna play with like grass and be like these are my my characters in my world right now and so like, yeah. you know i always trying to be creative with with my time um and you know that translated to writing music at some point um and i think like a lot of people i looked up chords of how to play music okay this this song um damn mm-hmm. it by blink 182 you know it's like c g a minor yeah. f and so like i started like 
realizing there's some patterns to this, especially on a fretboard, fretboard confessional. Uh, so on the fretboard, I was just like, okay, these kind of go together. What if I just rearrange them, change the tempo, change something about it, and then make up my own melody in my head? Um, and you know, you you play or you throw it at the wall, you play around with it, you you wait till you like it, mm-hmm. and then you try to form it. And so uh, as time progressed, I was you know trying to write songs, you know, learn chords be like okay i like this song what did he do here that i like okay he added like a major third Mm -hmm. and so like i was like okay that's cool um and uh you know it's one of those things where you don't know when it's right necessarily but you know when it's wrong and so Mm -hmm. you kind of keep going back to the to the to the planning phase and you go okay well i liked when i did this but i didn't like when i did this um and uh you kind of just you trust your ear eventually because you've heard enough music or you've experimented enough and at some point you realize it's never going to be perfect or 100 percent of what you want yeah but uh you feel like you've come up with something that's usable or you've come up with a sound that you like um and i think a lot of the times especially when choosing the right instrument it's it's uh it's it's just hearing it you know like playing it and then trying to be I guess not judgmental, but trying to listen to it um, and say, is this the right sound or should I go back to the drawing board and, and try a different, different tone? Should I add an effect? Should I, you know, double it? Should I switch instruments? Um, and, you know, eventually something, something sticks. Yeah. And uh, especially with chords and playing, you know, you can highlight on a piano. What I like is you can highlight whatever part of the chords you want and see if that's that's right or you know i'm highlighting the fifth and the fourth here and and doing a run or hey i'm highlighting the the dominant note here um and you really kind of start hearing okay there's a passing tone there do i want to use it or do i want to yeah do i want to let the the music be more simple and so the hardest part is the more you progress in playing music the less you know of when to use to simplify yeah. and so that that's the one thing as you know i'm sure as, as you've played music before it's it's when do you let the song breathe or let the, the passage breathe and then when do you like fill it with yeah with uh with notes or with playing because um i just feel like a lot of times that's the hardest call to make yeah agree or do yeah that? no i totally agree i think the two songs that we have recorded are good examples of you making totally different choices um and it's cool because a couple things i like about how you do it you know when to choose the instrument that is like either based on the style of the music like periodically correct or like sonically what you associate with that sound and then when to go the opposite direction and go counterintuitive so if i'm playing like the song that we're going to put at the end of this grand canyon it was some direct in tones very clean jazz master guitar that had kind of a 70s feel it was nice because you chose the wurlitzer it had added warmth it added low end really nice mid-range because all the guitar stuff was very sparkly but also since there was a lot of good open space besides the guitar you had a lot of really nice fills some lead line stuff the other end when we did our the song that you recorded on piano it was way more texture but you know when to kind of smartly use dissonance not for dissonance's sake just to throw it in there but when it actually works for the tension and release of the melody it's just a smart guy well i you know i i feel like for whatever reason I always try to make music like I've never heard before. You know, like trying yeah. to challenge challenge my 
Shakespeare, but also at the same time keep something that sounds familiar. And it sometimes come, comes off as like theatrical or like a soundtracky. You know, it's like I get that a lot when I send like a piano piece to you or yeah. do something. They're like, oh, that sounds like something in a movie. And like, I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like, it's it's got. It, I try to pull out a lot of motion out of the sound, I guess. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that's what people are looking for. Sometimes they're not. You know, sometimes it's a little dramatic. I think the thing is, and I want to maybe this is a bigger conversation, but um, the other song is called Thomason. By yes. the way, so we're gonna um, play Grand Canyon, but also look up Thomason. Yeah, Cooper Greenberg. It's on had, your streaming, all streaming services. Yeah, we had an amazing cellist accompany us oh, yeah. on Thomason. Um, but the thing is, like, sometimes I think about what's like the sound of our time for like what good music is, whatever you define it as. We know the sound of the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and for, you know, for better, for worse, 2000s and 2010s, there's been some terrible stuff that's come and gone. But I'm trying to always think about who, like the artists that we admire that are making music right now, what are elements that they incorporate and I think probably some of your favorite people some of my favorite people they're doing pretty cinematic stuff whether it's Sufjan one of your favorites and one of my OKs what about Connor Connor I don't think so Lemon Twigs oh yeah guys like that I mean yeah I think there's a lot of people Wise Blood Eliana on cello that's a connection there but there's a lot of elements of like more grandiose really heavy melody driven and beautiful instrumentation that's been around forever but i think that it's being input into indie music right now in a really cool way unfortunately i think this this generation will be remembered for the five to ten second clips that are tiktok songs yeah that's probably true and so like r.i.p music but i mean the thing is i guess late 70s known for disco but you also had jingles I mean, there there's always good music happening at With the same time music. as bad music. And you sent me a TikTok video one time that you thought was good. Do you remember that? The no. one-man band? It was fake, though, right? It was fake. Everything's fake. So, everything's fake. Yep. So, what we're trying to do... Have you ever seen Mulholland Drive? Zach, have you seen that movie? No Ibanda? You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's all an illusion... And then we work that into the music itself in a cinematic way. So what's the takeaway? Just as the best indi- guitar as is the one that you're playing. As individuals, what's the takeaway on an individual level today? The individual level is in a time when everybody's famous because of TikTok, nobody is. And there's never going to be the legend or myth of the guitar hero or the rock star that saves the world so the goal is to find your authentic musical style for yourself and just make it for yourself and those close to you and you'll be more fulfilled it's like it's like the the painters you know like this has happened in painting because there's a lot of people who put ink on a page or put paint on a you know paint on a paint Paint on on a canvas canvas um but you know a lot of people are fulfilled doing it and putting it on their home walls or giving it to friends as yeah. gifts and really incredible art. And uh, yeah, and, and it's the people I think who are fulfilled in music are ones who aren't trying to lose their soul in it. You know, they're the yeah. ones who are, you know, I have a good time sitting and, and spacing out and playing piano or I have a good time like messing with a guitar pedal for an hour and a half because, you know, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to find a cool sound or, uh, and at the end of the day, it, that's what that's what music should be to people. It should be entertain entertainment for themselves. And if they have 
if they feel like they want to share it with the world, I think that's that's also props to them. Um, and uh, you know, TikTok has, has you know for every all the bad things it is, I think some people are able to put themselves feel like they're putting themselves out there as, hey, I'm I'm playing this music, I'm doing this, and you know whether they're trying to find an audience or not, I think it, it's them sharing their art, which can be positive and be yeah. um, influential and can be inspiring. It's like when you see a great workout running time or something, you're like, okay, I want to, I want to try to do that. Or I want to try to do this exercise. It's, it's uh, it can be inspiration. It can come off also as braggy, but I think you have to take the good with the bad and uh, realize it's all how you perceive whatever you're yeah. looking at. So we just got, surface level yeah now we so, got deep we got deep so i first off i'd like to thank pat for being here ideally you'll be on more and more because i have a good time talking to you um but if you're listening to the podcast let us know what you want to hear tell us the topics that we're not covering because we have an endless amount of uh, ability to just go off on stupid guitar music piano watch um you know tiktok food charcuterie whiskey pairings um and <laughs> what we're gonna want to we're gonna want to hear more from you guys and uh i re- appreciate you guys listening looking forward to have chris back in here but it's nice to have parents out of town every once in a while and just you know do our thing so thank you for listening to the fretboard confessional if you have any questions for us please email us Check out alamomusic.com if you're looking for anything. We'd love to help you out. Thanks for watching the videos. Find the piano videos because it's a whole new world. And we'll see you all next time. I can't